Okay, okay. Welcome into the weekly struggle. This is our very first episode here, and today I have with me Scuba Steve, Steve Moe. Steve, say hello. Hey, what's up, guys? How's it going? Um, yeah, so we're just now finally getting this set up after uh, Scuba Steve was tattooing himself all day long. So, uh, Steve, why don't you uh, tell me about yourself? Oh, man. Ah, I mean, recently sober, you know, uh, five months here in a week and a half. Um, Congrats. Yeah, so we'll see how everything's going, you know. I mean, it's slow progress, but, I mean, it's baby steps. That's all that matters, baby, you know. Uh, and you... You went to where in California? Uh, Hotel California. I mean, if you guys are looking for rehab, how they suggested right there on the beach is fucking beautiful. Baby. And there's all those there's all those fucking exotic cars and shit as your neighbors or oh, what? Yeah, uh, billionaires and neighbors, you know. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, you're right on the uh, beach, uh, right there. And uh, what the hell is the name of that? Um, south of Huntington. Well, anyways, you can look it up. <laughs> so you were you were there for three months. Uh, I was there a little, or right before two months. Two months. Yep. Nice. And the day I saw the place looked pretty fucking nice. Like it was like, and you were moving around rooms and shit, right? Like you guys were like moving around. Yeah, there was like uh, three different stages. There's a detox where they you're not allowed to leave or anything like that. You just sit inside. And, uh, you know, then you get bumped up to a residential and you get some freedom. I mean, you get, I mean, this place is awesome because you get your cell phone. A lot of places, I guess, you, apparently you don't get phones at all. So you have no connection to the outside world. Nothing. So it's like you're in jail then. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But so this place was completely different and they let you do whatever. Yeah. So once you get to residential, you get your phone and, uh, after your first, 72 hours, I think it is. Uh, you get to go walk around, things like that. You know, you can check out by yourself for up to two hours at a time. Then you got to come back and check. But typically, I mean, if you're cool, the RAs are cool. And they'll sit there and uh, be lenient with you as long as they know you're not messing around with them and trying to get loaded while you're yeah. out. Okay, so just for everyone listening, what is an RA? What does that uh, mean? Residential advisor. Residential advisor. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a different name for them, but that's what we call them. <laughs> so they're just the ones that keep you in check. Yeah, they're like yeah. the the warden of the household. Yeah, basically, yeah, they have someone in the house, twenty four seven. You know, that's uh, been sober at least a year. I mean, they they all kept telling me, "Yeah, Steve, just stay here a year, then you can just start working." You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fucking everybody loved me. Yeah, like, hell no, I'm trying to get out of here. I mean. Yeah, I'm sure they would have wanted me to stay as long as possible. Freaking shit was pretty goddamn expensive. Oh, I mean, yeah, I bet. I got insurance. <laughs> insurance covered that? Uh, for the most part. I mean, it was just a deductible I had to pay. Oh, damn, that's not bad. Yeah, it was pretty freaking expensive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all the places around here in Washington, they all seem pretty pretty run down, almost like a... Uh, well, I mean, it's all location, location, location type of thing, you know? Yeah, but like, yeah, I mean it's hard to be 
disappointed when you're down there in SoCal and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sunshine, women walking, ocean right there. Oh, you know, yeah. You know I had to get me a longboard cruise up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then you lived, you absolutely lived on Snapchat. Oh, yeah, yeah, dude, I'm pretty sure I was always on Snap. Oh. I had to make people jealous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then, it, then every day you're like, let's get it, dude. Let's my, <laughs> motherfucking fit check, dog. <laughs> That's my slogan, man. Get it. Yes. Oh, man. That's crazy. So you're back here, you're sober, and you're back to work. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I got back, uh, took like two more weeks off of work, you know, try to get into good habits and things like that. But, well, I mean, shit's hard to keep, uh, keep it going, you know, because I went from basically having pure freedom throughout my day to eight hours of it being taken up by work, you know, so yeah, it's hard to maintain those healthy habits that I was, uh, keep going or that I started, that I started to keep it maintained, you know, uh, I honestly should have stayed for three months. Uh, they say the first 30 days you, uh, you're finally starting to learn new things. And then, uh, after 60 days, you start applying or something like that. You start applying them. And then in that last, uh, 30 days, the flat within the three months, you start applying them to your life and truly start living them. So, I mean, I learned, I was learning them, applying them, but then I didn't, and that I should, in that last third month, I could have actually applied them to myself and had them actually be habits, you know, things like that. So, uh, I mean, it's all hit or take. You're, I mean, you're still kind of, you came back with a book full of, of shit that you wrote down. Yeah. And you're constantly sending me, like, motivational text messages every single day when you wake up in the morning. Yeah. And then, you know, occasionally we'll go back and forth about it. Uh, I forget what the one you sent me today was. But you said that was a good one. I remember I texted you back and said, oh, man, I like that one. Yeah. And then a... Uh, yeah, I started sending it, forwarding him over to my, my good buddy, Jeff, and, uh, he seems to like him also. Sometimes I modify him and add some more stuff to him. Oh, yeah, there you go. Depending on what the person's going through. Yeah. You know, there's a couple people that I kind of send them to. You can go ahead and read it. Okay, yeah, so the one I sent today is, uh, you must remain focused on the life you have. Never let outside influences deter you from your purpose i keep pushing for the life i want but i keep losing patience and knowing that it is one process and baby steps are required i need to remember that i am on the right path and not let stinking thinking and self-destructive behaviors get the better of me and stay focused on the day then i always finish it with much love always you know yeah <laughs> that makes sense yeah i mean you're sending it to your brothers that you love brothers sisters whoever yeah i got i my list is pretty good now, you know, so, I mean, it makes it kind of difficult, so I just broad spectrum it, you know. Uh, right. It's, you know, when I was just messaging one person, it was easier just to keep the focus on things they were going through, but with me bouncing around all these different ideas, you know, it's like, shit, I totally forgot about applying that in my own life, you know, so, I mean, theoretically, it's helped me, you know, and... Because yeah, it's a cycle, you know, it's, you got to remember, it's hard to keep yourself number one at all times, you know, 
Yeah, I mean... It's easy to put yourself on the back burner. I think that's a problem that I've always had. You know, because I'm always trying to please other people and this and that. But a thing that I heard the other day, which is what I, I think I already texted you about it, on the uh, it was on the Sean Ryan show, and it was, I think Tyler Gray said it. He's that Special Forces guy. Okay. Um, he's a producer of that show SEAL Team on Paramount. Okay. Real good show. Uh, but he said that you are... Fuck. What did he say? Now I can't remember. No, he said we true we know who we are better as children because as we grow constantly walls are being put up in front of us by society, parents, grandparents, friends, and they steer us away from what we truly wanted to do as kids and then you know, yeah, life experiences make us who we are today, but there's been tons of walls put up throughout the last 25 years for me and I mean I wanted to be a firefighter when I was little and I did a little volunteer work a little bit bit, but it kind of just fell right into my lap when I moved to Easton and met the assistant fire chief and then was like man I kind of want to do that and I didn't pursue it and then I was doing my garden and then I posted on the Facebook page and I was like hey does anybody have a rototiller I can buy or or uh, rent or whatever and this guy that lived right behind the fire station, like right there, he was like, yeah, come get mine. You can keep it for as long as you want, like a week, two weeks, whatever. And so I went over there and then uh, he was like, man, you should you should volunteer for the fire department over here. He's like, what? And he's like, yeah, man, they're looking for they're looking for volunteers. It's like, shit, I was just thinking about that, like not that long ago when I drove up this road and I saw a sign volunteers needed or whatever. So I ended up doing it. And then. You know, I went really, I was into it for a while, and then eventually it kind of fizzled out. Um, there were some calls that I went on, you know, that I liked, and then there was the call where I uh, got to handle my first person dying. That kind of fucked with me a little bit. Um, the guy was already basically dead when we got there. Come to find out later on, after the fact, like two weeks later, he had taken a pill when nobody was looking to kill himself. So that was kind of sad, but uh, I wasn't CPR certified, so I could not touch him because, you know, I wasn't certified. They wouldn't let me do it. And so the way that they do CPR there is it's like, it's quick and no breaths because when you're pumping hard enough on a chest, you're, you're compressing the lungs just enough to get enough oxygen. Yeah, so it was like speed rounds. I forget what he called it. It was... I don't know, there's a way that they call it, but it's it's fast. They're like, they go for two minutes, one person's going for two minutes, another person gets next to them, and another person's on the other side. So while they swap, you know, somebody, if they're doing a loop around or whatever, the person across from them can just jump in, or they get quick enough, their hand's position right, and they're just going nonstop, and then the, the paramedics were there pushing epi and all this and that. Nothing, they are just, basically, they were just wasting you know, resources for people that actually need it. Cause this guy was already, this guy was already r- rigor. Like he was. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, once your brain or once your heart stops long enough, you starts damaging the brain. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, if it wasn't, um, like what they said, if it wasn't for his family there, like yelling and screaming, and this was, this was like a, a drug house, 
And so it was sketchy. There was no cops there. And I was standing in the hallway and these guys are behind me pacing back and forth. Man, why don't you just fucking save a man, save a man. Little did they know. But uh, cops finally showed up and took control of the shit. And I'm just sitting there watching these guys just do rounds on this guy. And he's like foaming at the mouth, laying on his back, like just no life. Like you can see there's no life in this guy. And it was just like, man, I could not sleep. I didn't tell anybody like how I actually felt about it until just now. But I could not like I got home and I was like, man, what do I do? Yeah. Like, do I play Call of Duty or like, what do I do? I'm not in the mood to do anything. So I just, I don't know, tried to sleep and I just couldn't <laughs> stop thinking about it. Oh, and yeah, like, man, yeah. So I think out of the year and a half, two years, like the second year, I barely, I didn't even really go on any calls uh, off and on. Like they almost told me to come get my shit several times because I just wasn't going on any calls, no, not going to any drills or anything like that. Um and so towards the end, before we moved back, you know, I was showing my face around again and kind of this and that. Didn't go on any calls, but eventually it was just like, hey, I'm moving. Um, yeah, so today I actually uh, returned my radio and pager and all that uh, to a guy that's going to be heading over there. He's moving over there and he's with the department. So, but yeah, shit kind of shit fucked with me. I don't know if that's what made me have more anxiety and depression and this and that, but it definitely did fuck with me. And, uh, I got over it eventually. I still went to the drills and shit after that. Cause that was in the beginning, you know, some lady was drunk at the campground and face planted into a rock, wasted chasing her dog. And she forehead was split open, bleeding all over the place. Yeah. That was a good one. That one didn't fuck with me. She was just laughing and wasted. <laughs> and she's like, I fucked myself up chasing my damn dog. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Where, where are you guys from? Oh, we're from the west side. <laughs> we're from the west side. I'm like, damn. Goddamn coasties. Damn coasties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, shit, man. So, so yeah, I pursued firefighting a little bit. But then, then what really, I think, stood in the way, another wall, society wall, like I was saying before, COVID. And there's a lot of people that think different things about COVID. I don't know if we even want to get into that right now, especially not in the first episode, because <laughs> there might be a lot of people that need and want to listen to this podcast and might be turned away because of our thoughts on COVID. <laughs> so we're just keeping it at that. And, uh, but yeah, so uh, COVID happened and then they were requiring all the uh, Seattle did it. I actually lost my job working in the watershed because I refused to get vaccinated because it was, it was brand new. Yeah. Everybody was like iffy on what, what the hell is it going to do? What's the side effects? They're like, I don't know. We just came up with this in a couple days. Yeah. It'll, it'll be fine. We don't know if you're going to drop dead in five years or two days or, or what. And I had a friend's buddy. He was like a 19 year old kid, perfectly healthy. He got the, the Pfizer vaccine two days later. He was just, you know walking and he just dead his heart his heart his heart stopped and he was gone it's terrible it was sad it was it it, yeah it's it screwed my buddy up pretty pretty good because he was kid was working for him and so it was just it's terrible i know a lot of people it's happened to like i mean my dad got vaccinated and he's has this mysterious seizure problem now doctors can't 
scan them enough, and they can't find anything wrong with them. So it's like, oh, I wonder if it was the vaccine. My dad's like, oh, oh no, I was having seizures before I got vaccinated. Like, I don't know, dude. You can't even remember my birthday now that half your memory's gone from all the seizures you've been having, so who knows? But yeah, uh, yeah, so I didn't do firefighting. And uh, now I work for the railroad, and, and that fell into my lap. Just it, it, mysterious ways things happen. Like, Lord works in mysterious ways. Um, so, like my buddy Jeff that I met living in Easton, he was trying to get me to work for the railroad for months, like six months. Eventually, I applied back in September and got hired like two weeks later. And I've been there ever since, last 10 months. So, just been going with that. Struggling with anxiety and depression in between, and just keeping on trucking. Yeah, yeah that's been my biggest thing is struggling with depression. You know, you know, I used to take things hour by hour. <laughs> you know, I used to preach that. Yeah, yeah. Remember that? yeah. Oh, I, I remember. Yeah, you know, and yeah, now I start seeing myself focus on bigger pictures, and I focus on like weeks ahead of my time, and I, I don't know why, but. Uh, yeah, you remember that saying I used to tell you, tell you um, if you're living in the past, you're experiencing depression. If you're living in the future, you're experiencing anxiety. The only time you experience peace is if you're living in the now, you know? That's good. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah, and it's like... That makes you think. Yeah, I know. And it's like, I keep forgetting it. It's like, no, hold on. Just need to remember being in right here, right now. So what if, say, say... Okay, living in the past, that's depression. So say, what if your past was really good and the now is really shitty? Then what? Then what's that? It just adds to your depression, really. Because things used to be good. And you're dwelling on your past, you know? It's like, things used to be so good. I mean, that's kind of how I think sometimes, you know? It's like, fuck, where did I go wrong? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, well, I mean, I've done that sometimes. There's some things, but I mean... There's not really much to my past growing up other than like childhood. Childhood was good. And then it was middle school, still good, started fucking off, smoking weed, whatever, uh, drinking. And then uh, since I was fucking off in school, I got diagnosed with ADHD, got put on Adderall, got to high school, drunk as hell every day. Just getting suspended for being drunk, distributing alcohol. Uh, and then, you know, Adderall trading for oxys and this and that. And there's like a long period of time where it's all a blur up until I snap my leg in half. And that's another story for a whole different podcast. My Caden's uh, life story. That'll probably be episode two. But yeah, I've been through hell. I still go through hell occasionally, but... We're here. We're trying to do something good here. We're trying to help people. So, yeah. Yeah. So, you take anything from it, you know. That's what we're. Our goal is. Um, yeah. I mean, shit. My high school days sounded pretty damn similar, you know. Except after my car accident that I got into. That's a whole other story for a different time. But I rolled my car, died, got airlifted. <laughs> well, you died? Okay, now I think you gotta. I think you gotta tell the story in a short amount of time now. Yeah, right. yeah so I'll try to sum it up. You know, I was at a house or I was bouncing party, party really. Was this in high school? Yeah. 
So you were 17, 18? Yeah, 17, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, I was bouncing around party to party. Yeah, it was right before my senior year, so I was 17. And, uh, yeah, I was uh, going past a car, friggin' came and went in the oncoming lane, it was night, and then some guy uh, pulled out and was coming my direction because he didn't look both ways he only looked one way you know and uh as soon as you came i freaking slammed on the brakes went behind the car i was gonna pass overcorrect and win the ditch rolled seven times uh you know collapsed both my lungs um or I'm trying to remember i've been airlifted i mean that would cause you to die i think <laughs> yeah. you wouldn't breathe you'd die yeah yeah so uh so you did something that made you die yeah so the helicopter landed you know, and then uh, when the helicopter landed, they uh, shut off the engines and everything, which made everyone at the scene completely crazy, you know, because they thought I died. You know, I did flatline, but after some time, they uh, managed to get me revived and heart beating again. They started up the helicopter, flew me off to Harborview, and I was in a medically induced coma for a week, I think. And uh, yeah, I mean, this whole story is uh, what I've been told, you know. Oh yeah. I have no recollection of it whatsoever. Well, you're out cold. I mean. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was dead, you know. So it's kind of hard for pick up your memory. But uh, yeah, so after that, I mean, I that was due to drinking and driving. I was completely hammered. And then, uh, so after that, my mom went to check me into a rehab. But I didn't know it was. She was trying to trick me and say, "Oh, we're getting your blood." Sugar tested, you know, because your uh, sugar content was really high. <laughs> and I was like, all right, whatever. And so when I went in, I told them the truth of how much I drank and everything. And they wanted me to go to inpatient, but stuck it to outpatient. And then, you know, I had no intention of getting sober back then. It was high school. I was partying all the time. You weren't even 21. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so uh, really, you know, all my buddies at school... They would hear me coming from the parking lot. They'd be like, oh, Steve must have got you laid yesterday at rehab, you know? <laughs> and I was like, because I'd be fucking hammered. I mean, you only got one drug test a week, so it's like, if you got it, you better celebrate now. <laughs> yeah. Or they can test you again. And, geez, when I, after I got tested, I would be drinking from the moment when I woke up until I went to sleep until roughly, you know, because... Uh, they could test for alcohol about up to three days, so yeah, I was just partying my ass off as much as I could, as often as I could, without getting caught for more trouble. <laughs> Damn. And so from then, you ne after your accident, you you didn't stop drinking. Um, after my accident, I stopped drinking for about two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. Well, you were probably on a bunch of painkillers, right? Uh, no, I was. I've never been a big pill guy, to be honest. Oh, I was. Yeah. <laughs> I really was. I, was, I mean, I don't know. I mean, psychedelics, that was kind of my thing. Shrooms, acid. Oh, yeah. Never done it. I took a shroom pill once, but it was like a concoction of a bunch of different shrooms mixed in a bag. Like it was powder, and they put it in capsules. Oh, yeah. It just made me smile for like an hour, but then I just... I was drinking, so I... I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the most... That's what I've ever done. Uh, I took 20 hits at one point, and 
I do not suggest that. <laughs> if you want to be gone for a long time, and dude, I, I was sweating out of my head so bad, it was freaking nuts. So, how much acid does a normal person usually take? Like uh, one, half, half? or one? <laughs> and you did how many? Twenty. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah I mean, how I did mean, you survive? Can it not kill you? I don't know. I, I yes, people, it can kill you. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure your brain can bubble and things like that, but yeah, I mean, bubble. Yeah. Will like melt your brain. Yeah. Your brain just starts oozing out of your ears, and then you're just. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was. Well, I mean, that was also when I was doing quite a bit of acid, and like six hits at a time when I would take it. So the tolerance that does actually build to it. Oh, okay. But, yeah, I mean, most people like to chill, stay in, like, or stay in one place when they're on acid. But or like for their first time, they have like a trip babysitter, and they like lock them in a room or something. Yeah, I just say go fuck yourself. I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> you just go, what, you just take off driving? Oh, I have drove on it a couple times. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I feel like that wouldn't be very good. Oh, I don't know. It's, you know, my tolerance is pretty high. I guess. I mean. Uh... <laughs> It's difficult, but it can be done. Wow. Yeah, I guess the only the only really drugs I've ever done was oxy and morphine and like Vicodin. Uh, I never once touched coke. Only did only touched weed and Adderall, but that was Adderall was prescribed, and I hated the way it made me feel. That's why I was trading it for. Yeah, I mean I hate coke, but I love the way it smells. (laughs) Yeah, and we're. Where did that get you? Oh man, you know, I was honestly my turnaround. <laughs> you know, I was, you know, I went probably two years, you know, pulling uh, three day benders, you know, for the weekend and things like that. And then, at, like the last couple of months, I just started not going to work anymore because I didn't want to show up drunk or high. And it's like, well, I haven't slept for like three days, so. <laughs> kind of hard to not do that and go to work, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and so I just kept blowing off work, and my spree started turning to five to seven days, you know, constantly. And then basically my rock bottom moment was like no more money coming in, and I spent my last dollar to see nothing. You know, it's like damn. And that was less than a year ago. Yeah, that was almost five months ago. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Uh, yeah. It was, uh, what do we got here? I got it on my phone. Um, I think I'm at 139 days, so that was about it was about 145 days ago. Yeah, almost five months. You know, that's not I was that long. There ago. in the casino, spent my last dollar. You know, I was up to 4,500 at the casino at one point. I lost it all. I I mean, if I would have left the casino, I could have kept my bender going for you know, <laughs> a little bit longer. <laughs> But you needed yeah. you needed to hit rock bottom. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, I think that's what I was going for, you know. I mean, not literally what I was trying to go for, but subconsciously I think my body was telling me I need something to draw that line, you know. Yeah. And then I was sitting there and I was like, dude, how do I got one or two pass I could take right now? And it's like all right, one, I become a drug dealer, stop talking to my family, you know, yeah. just live on the run forever, just fucking... Go to Mexico, work yeah. for the cartel. I mean, I was like, dude, I might as well just fucking buy as much, or try to get as much as I can, fucking run town to town, sell it, and then 
I can just live on a limb, you know? And I was like, oh, you know, I'm too old to be doing that anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. I need to fucking get my shit together, dude. And, you know, and then I was like, ah, oh, you know, because, you know, I'm an all or nothing kind of guy. You know, it's, I can't. Right. Just, I tried managing my intake and drinking and substances for fucking years, man. You know, and then finally that's what just drew the line. I'm like, all right, I could. That's what stopped me for a long time. I was like, dude, the rest of my life is a long time to go without drinking, you know? Yep. And, yeah. So, I mean, because I sat there, I had a nice looking bank account, but I mean, had everything lined up for me and everything. I could throw it all away, you know? And yeah, while I was sitting in the casino debating about whether I need to get my life together or fucking go on the run. Breaking my mom called, begging me to come home. And I was like, yeah, yeah. All right, I'll come home, I'll come home. And I kind of fell it in, and then I was like, oh, hold on. Can you send me 200 bucks first, though? <laughs> God, I was such a dick. And she did send it to me. I lost it at the casino. Oh, <laughs> God. But, uh, yeah, then I went home, basically slept for three days. And... And we were driving off to Cali for that whole new life, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's something that I plan to stick to. I got it tatted on me, you know. Reborn, three, two, twenty-three. So nice. Plan on sticking to it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations. That's a, uh, you know, that's solid. That's a good start. I mean, hundred and thirty-nine days. That's that's pretty good. I mean, it's funny. It's the time seems to go by so fast yet so slow at the same time. You know, I was I was actually talking to my grandma about this the other day. I was like, you know, weeks seem to fly by. And it's like, oh, well, when you're using it, anyways, time seems to fly by. It's like, oh, well, yeah. I mean, when you're up for five days and considered as one day, that makes time go by pretty fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my grandma thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> well, yeah. She seems pretty funny herself. Yeah. Yeah. But man, yeah, that's wild. So they, so you were, you were there in Cali and you, so your first two weeks probably went by pretty damn slow though, right? You, it was probably pretty painful. Oh, no. I mean, I tried sobriety kind of last summer, you know, but I only made it. I mean, I basically went without drinking. I was doing other drugs, <laughs> but I knew drinking what was what caused the most of the issues. But then, uh, yeah, and then so once I decided to start drinking again, man, that's when I took off downhill. Yeah, so yeah, it was yeah. Oh shit! So that was like August to March. What is that? Six months. I was just. Uh, for basically weeks on end. Jeez. Yeah, and it definitely took a toll on my body. Freaking, uh, I went, I would go like seven days without eating, five days without drinking water, you know. Uh, One time I was sitting there walking around and fucking my ring fell off. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I lost fucking 10 pounds just water weight. Holy shit. Yeah. 
And I was like, oh, shit. All right, maybe I should drink some water instead of vodka. You know? <laughs> Just walking around with a bottle of vodka yeah, and a yeah. brown bag. Yeah. Or no, I, I mean, I would mix uh, vodka and twisted teas, call them twisted steez. <laughs> twisted steez. Yeah. No, yeah, steez. That's me. Yes. <laughs> and boy, I was twisted. Yeah. Geek twisted loaded. That was the motto. <laughs> that was Steve. Steve's motto. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I haven't got that tattooed on me, too. Twisted Steez? No, Geek Twisted Loaded. <laughs> oh, that's what GTL stands for. Yeah. You just did that the other day. Yeah, I know, dude. It's a life. It's lifestyle. Oh. It hurts a mentality, I guess. I mean, because uh, you can hear me. I still run around and be like, bitch, I'm geeked, dude. Yeah, <laughs> even though you're not. Yeah, yeah dude. It's a mentality, dude. Wow. Um, some of my screws are loose some might even be missing who knows <laughs> probably i mean staying up seven days at a time i yeah, think that'd probably make you <laughs> yeah taking 20 times the amount yeah. that you should be taking yeah i think that would yeah that'd probably mess with your brain a little bit uh, yeah i mean i would i was uh you know i was popping oxys and then drinking heavily like hard liquor and then i'd end up just puking my guts out and then i would i'd end up you know drinking more or taking more oxys and i was just so fucked up for so long you know i'd come home looking like shit smelling like cigarettes because they being on oxy made me want to smoke like a motherfucker and (laughs) oh yeah well i never did that but i smoked like crazy and it was i'd come home I guess I was my whole family said I just looked like shit I looked like white as a ghost scrawny as shit I probably wasn't really eating much I was probably living off like spaghettios or raviolis or some shit I had no money I was just you know insurance was paying for my prescription Adderall that I was trading for oxys whatever eventually morphines because uh, the guy was out of oxys so I was getting 30 milligram morphines I was on that and then uh yeah, eventually came like April 20, or that was like the end of, towards the end of April in uh, 20, 2016. We were out riding. I hadn't taken any that day. I drank beers and shit, and then we had a freak dirt bike accident. Completely snapped my leg in half. And, uh, you know, they came in. They, uh, the uh, paramedics came. They sat there at the fucking gate out in Ravensdale because they couldn't get in they needed a gatekeeper to come so i sat there i was yelling and screaming ripping grass out uh but when the the initial crash happened he clipped my leg and then bikes and him went flying off into the grass and then i landed in the gravel road i didn't even get like scratched up or nothing but i was like holy shit and i went to stand up you ever watched that mtv show a long time ago called scarred Oh, man. Talk about flashbacks and not from drugs. Yeah, dude. I know. And so there's always people breaking their bones and shit, and their limbs are flopping all around. So I went to stand up. My That's what my lower leg was doing. In between my knee and my ankle, it was flopping everywhere. And uh, that's when I dove into the grass and was yelling and screaming. It was like, I didn't know if I should cry. And then I started laughing. And then, yeah, and then I was, yeah, I was totally, I was fucked. I was, I was so messed up. And then eventually they get there and they split my leg. They were having sticks and shit and all this and that, split my leg. And then I uh, finally got to the hospital and they're like, they just stuffed me away in a room. They're like, all right, whatever. 
And then I sat there for a while, and eventually they pumped me full of Dilaudid, and it didn't do a damn thing. And that's like, I think that's like in between morphine and ketamine. It's, I think, somewhere in the middle there. Pumped me full of that. Nothing. So then they gave me like two or three times the normal dose to end up getting me all messed up and loaded, you could say, geeked up. (laughs) And so I was just, I eventually got, I was pretty high. I was pretty happy. It's like, man, wow. That's probably a thousand dollar high. Yes. Insurance is paying for right now. Thanks, insurance. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Geico. Geico. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for the accident insurance. Yeah. So I was I was loaded, and they were like, I think they had their little doctors meeting, the parents and shit. They're like, man, there's got to be something wrong with this kid. Either his liver doesn't work, or he's got a enormous tolerance to these opiates. And it was the second option, but I think the first option, liver failure. I think I was like in the beginning stages of liver failure, and they told me if I would have kept going on that path and not wrecked, which made me end up in the hospital. If that didn't happen, then they said I probably would have been dead like within a week or two weeks or something like that. And like my dad, my my dad told me that he was praying for something to happen to me, like to turn my life around. So I would say that was my rock bottom experience. Cause you know, I had no money. I wasn't working. I dropped out of school, like all sorts of shit. And I was just drunk and high. And it's all about having fun. Yeah. I was just constantly running away from home and going and just getting loaded, drunk, high, smoking cigarettes, just pumping myself full of shit. And luckily I never ended up getting further than pills, Mm. but, um, then I was, I was crippled. My leg was snapped in half, so they had me on three oxys every three hours after they sledgehammered a rod into my tibia mm-hmm. and sent me home in a splint. Uh, How long were you in the hospital? I think three days. That's it? <laughs> yeah, so I think I stayed there overnight, and then they did the surgery in the morning. And I guess the surgeon came in and had, like, my blood splattered all over his neck and his chest and shit <laughs> talked to my parents. And, uh... Yeah, I guess I don't remember any of it, really. Um, I just remember being home, binge-watching Dexter on Netflix. And I just I watched all eight seasons, or however many seasons there were, in like a week. And then uh, eventually I got weaned down off of all the oxys they were giving me, and I withdrawed for like a week or two. And I was just, I'd act like I was sleeping when I hear people get home. And then when they would catch me awake, I would scream at them. Like, I would tell my sister, get the fuck out! Leave me the fuck alone! Like, just, like, talk about a manic state. I was, I was a monster. I do remember some of that. But I'm just going off of what they said. But, yeah, I, I, it was bad. Rock bottom is not fun, but when you're doing shit like that, it's something you need to do. And then after you get through it, then you got to focus on finding ways to uh, cope with all your depression and anxiety and not do that, not drink and do other things, not replace an addiction with another one that's going to be just as bad for you. Yeah, I mean... That was one of my things is, you know, it's just, they weren't doing the trade anymore. You know, I would still feel like shit all the time, but I put on that face, you know, act like I was having a great time. But a lot of people knew. I mean, a lot of people were asking me questions, you know, but I just played it off. You know, a lot of people, 
that carriage were, you know, right there next to me most part, you know, but they're like, Steve, it doesn't seem like you're doing this party anymore, you know? Yeah, uh, same thing with me. Like, a lot of my friends knew. I think one of my best friends actually had, like, kind of told my mom towards the end there and so they i think they knew but they didn't have proof until i was laid up in the hospital and they had those three days to go search everywhere and they found my baggie of of morphine pills in my truck and they brought him into the hospital and i I got to see him one last time i remember that i do remember that part and it's just like fuck i can't go back to that i'm screwed they said i was gonna die and it was like a switch flipped and i was like man all right it's different when a doctor is like looking at you saying like here's your blood work you're like a zombie you're like dead yeah that's, i don't just never went to the doctor because i didn't want to hear the bad news <laughs> yeah i mean now i like to go just to check up and see how i'm doing i mean before i knew i was doing shit <laughs> yeah i didn't want to hear the result Yep, and then uh, coming out of all of that, I mean, just recently I went to the doctor and I got I finally got a primary doctor, and they weighed me for the first time in like a year. I guess last year and all the years before that, I was like 136 pounds. And then I went to the doctor a couple of weeks ago, and they're like, oh, yeah, you're 153. I'm like, this damn scale's broken. No way, I'm maybe like 140. It's like, man... People have been telling me my ass is big. I'm like, what the hell? I was like, dude. I'm like, damn, you're getting a you're getting a bup or bup a butt. I'm like, what is what the hell's that mean? Uh but yeah, it was 153 pounds. It's like, are you telling me I've gained like 17 pounds since last time I was here? Yeah. Like this this can't be calibrated. Like yes, this is a very expensive scale young men young men (laughs) and so i thought the scale at work was broken there's like this ancient scale at work and it was reading 150 some odd pounds they're like ah it's broken nope that's right (laughs) so everybody keeps saying i look healthy now compared to what i was like a year two years three years ago eight years ago is when all that i think it was eight years ago rock bottom happened and then ever since then has been you know i did go back to drinking and then first kid came, and that's what really turned everything around. And I was like, you got to get your shit together. Dad's like, you're not living here anymore if you're having a kid. Kicked my ass out. Then we rented a house, and then we eventually moved to Ellensburg, rented another house, and then moved back to Easton. And then I started working for the railroad. Now we're back over here and still working for the railroad. Doing pretty good. Other than minor anxiety and depression here and there i am on a uh antidepressant which i'd like to get off of because i ran out and i went without it for four days it's like lexapro it's a low dose of lexapro went without it for like four days because doctor's office was closed on like a holiday weekend and i felt like absolute shit not taking it for four days i was super dizzy and just felt like shit also it was like withdrawal symptoms yeah it was like your body does some sort of like withdrawal symptoms i was warned about it I was like, man, I was at work like, man, why am I so dizzy? This feels so weird. This is like, didn't feel safe. Eventually, it was like, man, holy shit. So then when I finally got them, I took two of them because it's like, there was on a, I was on a small dose. And I know people that were on like three times the dose as me. So it's like, I'm just going to take two just so it hopefully hits me harder and makes me stop feeling like shit as fast. <laughs> so now I just, it, it works. 
I haven't really had anxiety that much very often. Uh, not much depression. I mean, sometimes I just, I feel lost and I just think about what I can do or, or sometimes I'll be in my head. Like if something's going good for like a solid couple of weeks, I get going. I'm like, man, things are going mysteriously good right now. Something bad's about to happen. And then, you know, things were going good. Moved back over here and then something bad did happen. Damn dog went missing. Six days and then jumps off an overpass, getting chased by coyotes, breaks both her legs. $10,000 surgery, repaired both legs, and uh, good vibe for today. She gets all her hardware out next Wednesday, so that'll be nice. She'll be free of that burden of hanging off of her front leg external fixture. That'll be nice. Yeah, she's a good pup. Um, so what would you say uh, some things are that people could do to cope with anxiety and depression, like in the moment? Um... You know, it's, it's something I battle with all the time. Um, you know, for me, I just try to do something productive. If I can get myself to do it, that's the main thing. You know, and the worst part is when I do sit there and I think about things that can make me feel better. And it's like, I don't want to do them <laughs> Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you know, anything. Uh, anything that uh, works towards your health, you know. That's including mental, physical, and spiritual. You know, all three of those should be at the top of your list at all times. You know, um, so either go for a walk. You know, pray. Like, can clean your room. You know, I hear or I forget where I heard it, but a long time ago I heard uh, your room's almost a representation of your mental health. When it's clean, you know you have a clear mind. But you can t- notice on the downfall of your mental health uh, that your room actually does become messier and messier. You know, and you sit there and you cope with it and you're fine. Until one day you're like, oh, well, geez, I need to clean this up. Dude, that's so true. Oh my God. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking of it, it's yeah. like, holy shit, man, that is true. Yeah, because as soon as. As soon as you want to clean it, you're like, that's that's the click of your mental health finally starting to get better. And it's like, oh, all right, cool. All right, we need to get this, this, this. You know, and then you get those waves of productivity and, you know, you're feeling good, feeling great. You know why? Because you're not thinking of anything else but right now. Maybe I got to start paying attention to that more. Maybe everybody should start paying attention oh, to that and see if you can see, like, if your room's dirty, you kind of think about it be like, what? Yeah. Oh, this is totally my, true. It's my mental health shit. Look at mine right now. You know, it's 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 not messy. No. But it's on the verge of being disorganized, and it's like, yeah. You know, but you know, I'm feeling better today, and that's good. That's one of my things. I know. Yesterday, you were having a moment. Yeah. Oh yeah, several. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But what did you do yesterday? You sat down and you started tattooing. I started, I started tattooing myself. And you said earlier, yeah. right when you started tattooing yourself, that's when you finally felt better and you didn't feel yeah, down I, on yourself. I wasn't focused on nothing except for right there, the needles touching my skin, you know? It's like... Slain, it's hard to miss it. Yeah, you kind of have to freaking be in the moment when you're tattooing yourself. Like, yeah. 
I mean, I got some pretty nasty ones that I did myself, but I was oh, like, so do I. <laughs> yeah. Got a doodle somewhere, right? Yeah, that's the name of the game, baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically, I can, I can agree with most like everything that you said there about uh, finding something to do. Like with me, I mean, I play Call of Duty or. Yeah. Uh, or I just try to find something that I enjoy doing, yeah. like take the dog outside, or like if the kids are screaming and that's setting off some sort of thing in my brain. Sort of trigger, yeah. It does. It sometimes I can just walk away out of the room and it's like yeah whatever. But sometimes it just it sets me off to the point where I just I need to get out of that. I need to get out of there because like I don't want to be mean. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean it's it's a good way to catch yourself. You know? Yeah, that's the last thing I want is my kids being like scared of me because I I snap and have like some sort of mental mental breakdown and yell at them too loud. Yeah, or, I mean, well, the thing is, you can. It's easy to set boundaries with friends, family, you know, anyone that's right adult and coherent enough. But you know, kids they love to push those boundaries. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially like four, three, and four year olds, like yeah. what we have now. Yeah. It's like you tell them no, and they're like, "That means yes. Yeah. Let's do it again." Yeah, right. Like, let's choke out that cat. Yeah. Don't do that, dude. Dude, don't do that. Yeah. And then he looks at you and smiles and like just yeah. chokes oh, her out more. It's like, dude. Oh my God, Dexter, what yeah, is happening? Yeah. <laughs> Hey, we watched too much Dexter while you were yeah. pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> and you stop playing Call of Duty while these kids are in bed watching the TV. Yeah. Oh, doggies. Yeah. yeah. That's when it always uh, turns into the other parents kid. You know, it's like, you see your son over there? He's fucking up. It, it's it's your son at that point. Yeah. You know, our kid. Look at our kid doing something great. Nah, when they're fucking up, it's your kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Hey, hey, it's a team effort here. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> they are sponges, though. Oh, yeah. I play if I play Call of Duty and I somebody some nerd kills me, I'm like, oh fuck. Yeah. And Colton runs across the house. Oh fuck. It's yeah. like no. <sighs> I need my own room. Yeah. I need my own room for gaming. Yeah, some sanctuary. We need a house. I need to get rich, and we need a house, and I need my own theater with my own whatever. Uh, and then we can have our own podcast room. <laughs> I do need my own podcast room because right now that's why we're doing that over here and not over there. But I guess the kids are gone right now, but they were not earlier. Yeah. And uh, yeah, maybe I'll have time to do my life story podcast in the morning or something to record yeah. something, or I'll be up all night tonight. Who knows? What is it? It's Wednesday. I got to work tomorrow afternoon. Oh yeah, so you'll probably nine thirty. Yeah. yeah, I don't usually fall asleep till like two or three when I get home at midnight. But uh yeah. Mental health is a real a real uh struggle sometimes. A lot of people don't realize it the how Yeah, the funny thing is I used to I used to be against it too. I'd be like, What do you think? You can't just change your mind around? It's like it's not that easy. Oh yeah, I know not I know that now. <laughs> yeah, it's weird how it, when it doesn't affect you, it's so curious as to why it happens to other people. You know? Right. Yeah, but yeah, after I tormented my mind for so long, you know, now I experience all the above. <laughs> but uh I mean there are some people that claim to have no no issues with mental health. It's like I I don't know if I believe that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I don't know. 
it's all hurt. Yeah, it's a hard one, you know. And there's so many different things you could have wrong. You know, some things that couldn't even be diagnosed yet. Exactly. You know? Yeah, not just for yourself, but not, not known in the medical field, you know? Right. The brain is a complex organ. I don't know. I think it's an organ, isn't it? Yeah. I, I know you can't. I don't think you can transplant it. Yeah. Not yet, anyway. I think you can get eyeball transplants. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. But I'd say we've came quite a long ways in just the last just the last year alone. Oh, yeah. I mean, dude, I'm look, I'm seeing memories from like a year ago and it's like, whoa. You've been sending me those Snapchat yeah. memories of you. <laughs> like you, you one the other day you were like just a completely wasted like what were you naked or something? Um, Doing something just hammered. I think I was sober now. <laughs> you were getting spray tanned or something? What was no, it? I was uh, wearing nothing but river shoes and a goddamn smile, baby. Oh uh, that was when I was uh I was living over in Cleveland in the house I was in didn't have running water or the well wasn't hooked up. Oh so you were bathing. Yeah, I was bathing in the river. Oh, <laughs> Yep. Yeah, I mean. So, so if you ain't like that sober, crazy. then you're yeah. probably yeah. even more crazy drunk. Oh yeah. But uh, I mean, I've seen some of those. I can't say I'm on the air, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm still fucking batshit crazy though. I love it. I you still have me. you still have ladies of the evening. Uh, I had to tone down a little bit. <laughs> That's know? good. I mean, uh, I was. Maybe you could find you a sugar mama. Oh. Doggies. I'm looking. Oh. Hey, hey, ladies, I'm available. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Scuba Steve. Scuba Damn Steve. You. <laughs> yeah, you can tag your Instagram handle yeah. in there if you want to. Yeah. Doesn't matter to me. But yeah, we're just wrapping things up here for today's show. Um, did get in the key points. Some key points about what you can do yeah. to kind of look out for. If you're, you know, not mentally stable per se, per your dirty room or clean room, I guess if, what if you're a clean freak all the time though? I don't know. And there's something wrong with you for sure. Well, OCD, but what does a depressed OCD person do? Start slacking on their OCD and then their shit does get dirty? Probably. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I'm typically like to keep my stuff pretty clean, but in my way of depression, I do nothing but lay in bed. Let's see. Oh, it's also hard because you don't do anything when you're depressed and don't do anything. True. So it's hard to make a mess. Right. <laughs> so it just slowly accumulates over time. Yeah, depending on how long your episode lasts, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Well, anyway, thanks for coming on. Yeah, no problem. We'll be doing it again. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm in. I'm all in. All in. Yeah, I'm all in with this podcast too. So, all right, man. Well, everybody, uh, stay tuned for the next episode, and we'll catch you guys later. Much love, always.